you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you all about people and culture with Michelle Falcone, who is the author and of People First Culture and also the founder and CEO of Brasa Peruvian Kitchen. Michelle, nice to meet you. How are you, man? I'm well, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, listen, this so uh, Michelle does a podcast uh, himself. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the book. We'll talk about culture. Uh, we'll talk about restaurants. But um, first and foremost, you're in for the restaurant. You're correct me. I know you're at least in the Toronto marketplace. Where, where else are you? Toronto right now. Uh, so we are on to our third location. Okay. Uh, we'll be at five corporate stores within the first uh, 15 months uh, since inception. Uh, all open during the pandemic, uh, so that posed its interesting challenges. Um, had a lot, uh, had to ignore a lot of people that said don't do it. Uh, our next market we're looking at is uh, <clears throat> California uh, or Florida for 2023. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Here's a great idea. I'm gonna open a restaurant, open a bunch of restaurants during the pandemic, and yeah, people would be like, "What are you, what are you doing, man?" Why? But was it the concept that you felt? Uh, was, was it was it quick service, quick take? It just kind of worked at the time. You thought you know people were looking for that. Yeah, I was I, I was paying attention because I was supposed to open the first location before the pandemic became a thing. Uh, so I it allowed me to pause and observe, and I saw fast casual restaurants were doing well, hmm. and I spent third party delivery exploded, and I know how to look at data. Uh, so when it comes to uh, Uber Eats and, and all these other platforms, I said, I think I can figure this out in terms of how do you keep conversion high on the platform? How do you keep ROI high uh, when you're buying ads? And uh, so I said, let's just do it, see what happens. And first location opened uh, with you know, great success in its early days. And then I just started signing leases and then mm -hmm. said, I'll figure this out. Uh, and so far, so good. Building the team. Uh, one of the things that is most interesting to me is that uh, we've had zero turnover in really? Really? Six, six months. Zero mm -hmm. turnover, zero late, zero sick in six months. So that adds to our bottom line. And of, of course, and, and it, it's an indication of we're doing the right thing. Uh, couple that with customers are liking our products, it gives me a lot of a lot of hope and uh, motivation to want to keep going. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll, we'll circle back to the growth uh, aspect because I'm curious about about your plans down the road. But let's stick to the people equation because it probably ties into the culture because a lot of restaurants have exactly the opposite numbers that you're talking about. Is it something that you built in from the start into the DNA, the this culture or is it training or finding the right people? What do you think? many things. Um, one, uh, what I did, the first thing I did during this moment of pause when I, the pandemic was presenting itself, you couldn't go a day without reading a headline that said something like, there's a labor shortage. Um, and I always rejected that even from the very beginning. Uh, there was a shortage of people that were willing to uh, work hard for little money and not be treated well. And, and that was starting to surface even before the pandemic. So what I did is I reached out to frontline employees of fast casual and quick service restaurants. And I just started to ask them questions. I paid them for their time and 
said, this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to do. Let me understand um, what's repelling you right now or what is motivating you. And the common denominators are things that aren't, you know, paradigm shifting. I think we understand these things. It's like, I want to be paid well. Um, I want to have an opportunity to grow. And if your company can help me do that, that's great. And maybe I grow within the company. Uh, but last is the highest performing companies, regardless of industry, are surrounded by high performing people. So how often in the fast casual or quick service restaurant space, there's one person or a couple people doing the lion's share of the work and the other people might be not holding their weight. So I took all that information and started thinking about the type of company I wanted to build. What were we going to be about? And, and that is distilled in our mission statement. And, and this is verbatim word for word, Jamie, our mission statement, which I've rephrased of how we work statement. So this is how, or sorry, why we work. This is why we work and why we come together. It's to build a company that the world meet, needs more of one where everyday people are empowered to make great money, achieve career growth and help close the income inequality gap. And we do that by paying well. Uh, right now, uh, minimum wage in Toronto, Ontario, which I've rephrased as starting income. I don't like minimum wage. I think, uh, you know, I, it's not a good set of words. And um, I think language matters to your culture. So we call it starting income. Right now in Ontario, it's $15. We start at 19. Mm -hmm. people wow. that are earning 20, 21. And we're still able to make a 17% uh, EBITDA. So it's the model's proving itself. So that was one element of it, making sure that we had a mission that people wanted to be a part of. And I know that sounds like a platitude, but it, it it's working and it's worked for companies that, you know, have done a similar, uh, have a similar model before I built Brasa. Um, and then growth. Like I, I want Brasa to be one day seen as like a university in that, Brasa was your alma mater, right? You came, you did great work. Maybe you were a student, you learned a lot, learned about leadership and business and entrepreneurship, marketing, whatever discipline you want to learn. And then you graduated because you were a fashion student and then Patagonia hired you or something like this. Sure. Uh, but yeah. you remember your time at Brasa very fondly and that's just good business. Um, uh, or alternatively, you join us and you get promoted. Like we have a, a person on our team named Marielle. She started off as a frontline team member, uh, full-time, then a team lead, and then got promoted to general manager. She's gotten promoted three times in less than a year. And now she's earning a, a, a high salary and she's leading an entire business that is a, a, will do over a million dollars in sales in its first year. So. This is what excites me. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people that want to be a part of this. But I, I caution that not every culture is for everybody. Right. One of our core values, which I've rephrased as how we work. So these are a set of things, uh, rules, if you will, or, or guiding principles of how we work. And one of them is uh, only the paranoid survive. And it's a, it's a hard set of words. I understand that. And it's repelling for some individuals. But what I mean by that is tomorrow always has to be earned. I'm, you know, the thing that is going to stop us is ourselves because we think we're good and we're good. We're good right now. We're really good. 
but I worry about tomorrow. So, you know, that constant pushing of improvement and betterment isn't for everybody. And our culture might, you know, I don't reject the idea of somebody saying it's, it's not easy working there, but they pay you well, they treat you well, and they genuinely care about your growth with or without the company. I would like that reputation for Brasa. Yeah. I, well, what's really interesting, I, I always take notes, so I, I took a bunch of notes there, but that little five-minute snippet, um, really, we, we might want to just pull that out. It's a very good, different way in hospitality that you don't hear often enough of uh, waiting to think about the, the business, the people, the growth. A lot of times it's disposable workers um, come in, work, leave, pay, pay as little as you can, go, and and yeah. so forth and treat them and treat them as such. And that may, may be the endemic problem. But the other thing you talked about is the people that don't pull their weight. And you know, a lot we do some other training where we talk about the A players, B players, C players. And of course you don't want C players. Since we're talking about people a little bit, what is one of the ways that you identify those, those A players? Cause it sounds like that's, that's your, your, your kind of sticking point. Hiring is a guess at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you have to make the best guess possible, but there's things you can do in the recruiting and interview process to filter people out from the very beginning. Uh, one of which is, uh, in our job description at the very beginning, and, it, and it's a longer job description. It takes you at least 45 minutes to go through it and why it's not because it's dozens of pages. It's because at the very beginning of the job description, after it says, this is what we're hiring in the footer, or sorry, in the header, this is what we pay, and, and the typical stuff you see there, uh, there are three videos. One of which is a 27-minute video of me about me talking about our culture, our values, our mission, our vision, what we're trying to build. The next video is a seven-minute video that talks about our menu and how it was created. And then the last video is a four-minute video talking about the brand, who created the brand, why Brass Improvement Kitchen. And then it goes on to things such as your responsibilities, your duty, um, what we're looking for in an ideal candidate. The reason that I have those videos is because it is a repellent. Um, mm -hmm. You know, somebody might look at that and say, is this guy insane? He wants me to watch almost 30 minutes in videos. I just want a job. Right. You're probably just not going to get a job here, though. Right. And, and you, you may do well somewhere else. It just might not be here. Because for me, if you can't put for 30 minutes of watching uh, some videos to earn a top wage in an industry that pays little, then I don't want you on our team. And I'm not apologetic about that. Because uh, guess what happens in the first, uh, then uh, we ask you to fill out an application form, which only takes like five minutes. And then we review it and we'll reach out to individuals who respond well in the application. First question that we ask in the group virtual interview is, Tell me something that excited you or was there anything that you questioned while watching the videos? Now, Jamie, I know when somebody's lying to me. I know when somebody's like, right. Yeah, that video. Yeah, they were good. You know, they, they yeah. were just a general answer. Yeah. I know when I'm being lied to and that's all I need to hear. But you'll you'll pay attention to some team members and, and it's virtual. So you can sort of still read body language, but you know, they lean in. Um, you know, maybe they have their elbows like on the table and they're leaning in and really talking to you directly into the screen saying, Michelle, I had one person said this and I immediately, I, I was like, they're hired. Um, she had said, Michelle, that's seven minutes and 27 seconds of the culture video. You said this, 
I was mm. like, okay, that's a that's a good sign. So you got to filter and repel people right away. And and this is one of the things that I want to remove is this gap that we have between the relationships we have in our personal life as we do in our business life, because the commonality is human behavior. Now, when uh, my fiance is named Sophia, and you know, I had, um, you know, kind of a list of things that I was looking for in a partner, somebody who likes to eat, somebody who (laughs) has an uplifting uh, demeanor and sunny disposition about them, somebody who's kind, right? I, I had this kind of criteria, like most people do. We have to have that same type of criteria with people that we're trying to hire. Um, and it, you know, of course, it doesn't have to be carbon copy, but the modality um, could be the same. And this is what I look for. I'm very strict. And now to scale, it's my responsibility to teach our general managers how to see this Correct. process and execute. And uh, one thing I learned early in my career, Jamie, is uh, inspect what you expect. So I'm constantly making sure that I'm looking under the hood of our hiring methodologies and making sure that we're staying to plan. But I'm also relying on our general managers to bring forth their own ideas and saying, hey, because they're the ones doing it right. Uh, For me, I want to stay as far away from operations as possible. We have uh, a director of operations and I have to give him autonomy to be able to execute. Um, but it's my responsibility as kind of the flag bearer of the culture. It begins and ends with me um, to make sure that I'm championing this, helping motivate our team members to find better ways of doing things. Because what worked for us in 2022 likely will be different in 2025. Yeah. I, I wrote down what I think is probably the most important question of, of the interview to, to follow up with. Did you make your fiance watch a 27 minute video about <laughs> No, but I will tell you this. In one of our first dates, I said, I think it was the second date. I said, I enjoyed our first date. And I'm pretty sure we're going to enjoy the second date. And maybe there's a third and a fourth. But I'm going to tell you now, these are my unbecoming qualities. And I said, I'm short-tempered sometimes. Uh, I'm irritable sometimes. Uh, I carry a lot of stress. I was showing my ugly. And saying, hey, like, I don't want you to be surprised by this six yeah. months down the road. I'm telling you now, guess what I do? One of our interview questions with everyone in the company, regardless of your higher marketing or a frontline team member, I say, what is the unbecoming quality I'm going to learn about you in three months? I go first and I tell mm-hmm. them. Sometimes I can speak in a condescending way when I'm irritable. I hate it about myself, but I'm working on it. But I just want you to know that if it shows up, like, you know, kind of told you, I told you, right? Don't be surprised by this, but trust me, I am, I am working on it. Um, I also submit the interview questions beforehand. Hmm. I give them the set of questions because I'm not trying to fool them. I'm not trying to stump them. I'm just trying to have a conversation with another human being and why not give them the opportunity to prepare themselves? Um, you know, I don't like this whole culture of, Oh, I fooled you or here's a question and and you didn't know the answer. You're not getting hired. How natural is that? It's not at all. Yeah. Um, It makes them feel very uncomfortable, right? You go like this and you're like, exactly. And then, yeah, because you know, when you don't know the answer to something often, you're just like, demoralize and then that goes on for the rest of the interview and you're not yourself and at the end of the day like we're not doing what 
SpaceX is doing here. It, it's it's restaurants, right? It's, you know, for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. Right. And it is, this is going to sound like a major platitude, but it's a people business, right? The product is the outcome, right? It's a, it, there's human beings right now at my restaurants preparing for lunch service. Right? And the outcome is a phenomenal product, which our customers will enjoy. Yeah, I like I like I like the the asking uncomfortable question. That that that's good. I really I really like the way you're talking about the interview process. Um 100%. That is going to eliminate people. I got you know, watch just watching the video sequence and then you asking the questions directly afterwards, it will naturally eliminate the slackers from from the process. Just they'll just kind of go away by themselves, which is what you're which is in essence, you know, what you're trying to do. I am. And look, like I I'll, I'll reference again like our culture isn't for everyone. Some people would not like it. It is, you know, pretty advanced. And we're trying to do ambitious things with people that, you know, have a plan for themselves. Not everybody's cut from that cloth. And, and that's okay, right? I'm not saying that they're any lesser or greater than us. We're just, this is our little domain. And, you know, if you feel like you're going to fit, come join us. And the people that do, like I mentioned, there's zero turnover in six months because they see what we see. Yeah, that's, a, that's an incredible number again. I, listen, I'm going to pop out to the to the book page here, and you can tell me about this. And of course, tech. We'll see if this works, right? We'll see if we get there. there right, so this, yeah. This, so so tell me about the. How long has it been out? What, the process of writing a book. I, I, w- I always think about it as daunting as, as hell. Well, so yeah. yeah. Let me. So full transparency, I didn't write it. Well, I. They're my thoughts, my strategies, mm-hmm. my words, but there were, uh, it was composed by a company called Scribe based in Austin, Texas, Scribe yeah. Media. Yeah. And um, they recorded me for maybe nine hours of talking, uh, maybe more actually, maybe hmm. a dozen or more. And then they take all these, these, uh, these conversations and they distill them to a book, map it all out for you. I would not have been able to write a book. Uh, this was uh, a way for individuals that, you know, are in my position of not being able to write extremely well and, you know, produces a book. But it came out on my birthday, October 16th, 19th, or sorry, <laughs> 2018 is when it came out, October 16th. And it was kind of a gift to myself. And uh, it's pretty much how do you earn a profit by doing right by others? Um, I genuinely believe this. I don't want to be successful by stepping on people. Uh, I believe I'm, I'm still capitalistic. I still uh, believe in earning a profit and uh, helping investors make money. Um, but there's a right way to do it. And it's the way that I see fit for myself. I'm not going to be a preacher uh, on this is the only way to do it. It's just the way that I'm finding success. And if anybody reads the book and says, hey, you know, that interview question you recommend asking, that worked for us. We're using it. And there's one interview question um, that I have that has been replicated by hundreds and hundreds of companies. And it started from them reading the book. And, uh, you know, that that brings me joy. Um, Some of the best emails I get are from individuals saying, hey, my name is Joe from kansas city and i read your book and it's working and that brings me a lot of joy 
Uh, I bet also you probably, I'm guessing, I'm going to hit, hit keynote. You, you, you probably enjoy speaking. What, uh, how, how, often, yeah. how often do you do that? You travel around a little bit? Uh, limited like, uh, now. Before yeah. the pandemic, it, uh, it was at least a couple times a month traveling quite a bit. Oh, wow. but now yeah. I have to be uh, protective of my time because Brasa uh, is growing and is demanding of my time. But right now I speak about once a month. Um, because of the pandemic that kind of came to a screeching halt and everything went virtual. Um, it was actually interesting, Jamie, a lot of, a bunch of companies reached out to me and said during the pandemic, can you talk to us about creating a great company culture, a virtual company culture? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Very few people know how to do this. And anybody that says, Oh, I'm an expert in that is absolutely lying and trying to take a paycheck from you. Nobody hasn't had experience in doing it, really. There was very few remote teams. But I found that interesting that a lot of people's LinkedIn bios turned to, like, virtual company culture experts. Like, <laughs> I see through that. <laughs> but, yeah, I do some keynote speaking. I enjoy speaking. Um, I love yeah. meeting people after the, the keynote and you know, just kind of talking all things company culture and customer experience management. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't always go, pop the screen share, but since we're out there, I wanted to bring up the, uh, the the website for the restaurant too. Any 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 one page I want to click on here, or anything you want to show real quick? Um, yeah, why don't you go to the about page? Um, if you scroll down a little bit, there you are. Yeah, keep going a bit. So you'll see here. Um, stop right there. Yeah. Um, so why do we work? What's our work and how we work? It's we're constantly advocating this because we do want it to be, you know, it's a, a North star of the company. Um, and it really is amongst everything. I would say our company culture is more important to me than our product quality only because the product quality is the outcome of having a culture where people really care about coming to work and helping us, you know, achieve our goals together. And, you know, I, I don't want this to sound too fluffy or, or unbelievable, but it's true. Uh, last week, I recorded a video and shared it in our Slack where every employee got it. It was announcing that everyone was getting a raise. Uh, it announced who our three general managers are. Uh, and it also announced new roles we were hiring, um, creating within the company, our product manager and our culture manager. So each store uh, has a product manager and a culture manager who support the general manager. It's another layer in our organization, which allows people to grow within the company. That's very important to me. And it's things that we all know are important to people. But, you know, why don't why do some succeed and others fall short? I have a few opinions, but it, it really comes down to, do you really practice what you preach? And uh, I'm trying to do that. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to click on it, but I'm fascinated. Maybe I will later, but, but, but just the fact that it says, you know, click visit our culture deck. So I assume if I click that, it's going to be a presentation that talks even more about you. And I always talk about, or we have talked about restaurants promoting themselves in the past, using your about page to tell your story and videos and so forth, especially from a recruiting standpoint, when people are hard to find, like talk about you being special and so forth. So I'm assuming that really digs into that. And imagine that as a tool, right? Versus uh, just regular, 
you know, no story, no about, no, no passion, no anything. Well, why should I choose them versus choose you? Do you mm -hmm. think about that as a differentiator? Absolutely. And, you know, there's one element to the culture deck that I'm going to implement that says why you shouldn't work here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just make it a very apparent because you want the turnover to happen before you hire somebody. Um, another thing that I'm proud of is that we donate $10,000. Every store we open, we donate $10,000 to an organization called Cuso International. And uh, the money goes to help urban farming projects in Peru. So okay. we're helping with food insecurity. And that's another thing that people enjoy about working with us is that, you know, their efforts uh, and, and customers enjoy dining with us is because their efforts are going toward helping people that are food insecure. Like it's a, you know, it's an emotional topic to me. I'm Canadian Peruvian and, um, you know, imagine not having food, right? Imagine being a parent, not knowing where you're going to feed your, how you're going to feed your kids. Like my problems are very, very small in comparison. Um, and it keeps me uh, grounded and, it, hmm. you know, I want to open more stores. I, the best check I can write is that $10,000 check to Goose International. It means a lot to me. Yeah, good for you. That's def definitely a great way to start uh, each location. I pre appreciate that. So let's go ahead and do this. We'll close. Um, send them to websites. Send them to social. Send them to the book. Yeah. Send them what uh, you want. My personal website is michellefalcon.com. If you go to michaelfalcon.com, I don't know where that's going to take you. Uh, that's not my name, but it happens to me all the time. So it's yeah. M-I-C-H-E-L and then falconlikethebird.com. Uh, there you can share your email address. I share weekly tips on what strategies are working for me and which ones aren't. Um, and if you can glean some lessons from that, awesome. And if it works for you, email me, please. I, like I mentioned earlier, I love getting emails where people, um, um, are using the strategies that I recommend and, and they're, uh, having advantageous results. So let me know. And I'm Michelle Falcon everywhere. My parents blessed and cursed me with this name. So uh, I'm easy to find, which is a right. good part uh, on socials and uh, um, my website. Good. Well, excellent. This has been fun. I, I always enjoy talking about this sort of stuff. So good stuff there, folks. Uh, Michelle Falcone from uh, Brasa Peruvian, also the author of People First Culture. Uh, make sure to check them out on uh, michellefalcon.com and also brasaperuvian.com for the restaurant if you're up in the Toronto area, but soon to be elsewhere. I can see they're going to grow quickly based on the story that we've heard today. So uh, for more great restaurant marketing and service and people and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks much.